Welcome to The Story Attic. I'm your host, Lisa Ellis. On this podcast, we help others share their stories, personal stories of love, despair, happiness, intrigue, adventure, and more. Often surprising, sometimes funny, sometimes sad, occasionally puzzling, rarely dull, and regularly tantalizing. Join us as we step into The Story Attic. If you enjoy our show or would like to be a guest telling your story, please drop us a line at thestoryatticpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at hashtag thestoryatic, where you will also find podcast extras like photos of our guests, giveaways, and more. Enjoy the show. I can say exactly where I've been to the brink and back again. I've reached the end to begin. Through the glass, the future's clear Beyond the doubts, in spite of fears Pushing past all the tears Breathing in the days and years It's time to break through the roof And put the past behind To live the dreams of stored away In the attic of my mind the attic of my mind. Hello again. Today's tale is one about me and a good friend of mine. I intended on blending the subject of our friendship into our last episode about grief, but it really didn't turn out that way. I prefer to think of this story as a memorial to Heather and a celebration of her life. I hope you'll enjoy our story. This episode contains adult content, poor singing, really bad harmonica playing, and is intended for listeners over the age of 18. The smell of fresh brewed coffee with a subtle essence of stale beer and a hint of cigarette smoke was quickly overtaken by an overwhelming waft of fresh cut grass. It was a warm spring Sunday in downtown Chicago, and I had stepped outside for a stroll with my son, who was still small enough to be in a baby carrier. I sat down on a wooden bench outside the church next to a sign that read, Be Still. The baby had fallen asleep, so I just sat in city silence, which basically means noisy but with no one actually talking to you. I looked up at the sun a few times and avoided looking at my phone, That brief stillness brought a rush of warmth throughout my body, and I was now surprised to find myself crying. The afternoon prior, I had discovered that someone I'd considered a little sister for almost two decades had passed away six weeks earlier. Heather was the kind of friend who could pop in and out and sometimes stay out for a while, but when I hadn't heard back from her in a couple of months, my antenna were up. We didn't have any mutual friends anymore, So I went to the absolute last place I would have expected to find out anything about Heather, Facebook. She had an account, but had maybe posted five or six times in a decade. But my knowing nudged me to check there anyway, and it was there that I saw a couple of vague posts from people expressing grief or about missing her. Since it wasn't specifically stated, I reached out to the original posters via messenger in the hopes that I was just misunderstanding. A short while later, though, one friend of Heather's officially broke the shattering news of her passing. 
I first met Heather in October of 2001 in Ithaca, New York. We had both embarked on what the school called a journey worth taking. And in spite of the very different roads we had traveled on before, our trip landed us both at the Finger Lakes School of Massage. Here's a little background on that. Just prior to meeting her, I think that Heather had been traveling and camping with her then boyfriend out on the West Coast and decided to return to her roots in upstate New York, where she grew up. Just a couple of weeks earlier, I said goodbye to my job of five years working for a company that might rhyme with Schmabuscher Schmearing Schmaus. Don't get me wrong, I like my job in sweepstakes marketing, but I couldn't see my epitaph reading, Lisa Meinhofer of 56 Bogart Street, you may have been the winner of a life worth living if only you had had and returned the winning life number. So after giving it due consideration, I decided to take a chance on this career change. Once in Ithaca, I moved to a teeny tiny apartment just a few minutes drive from the school. Picture a New York City apartment. Now cut that in half and voila, you have my place. Well, it wasn't really that small, but it was close. For perspective, the bedroom door grazed the bed corner when the door opened inward, and as one sat on the toilet in the bathroom, one's knees would touch the bathtub. And meals were made in a Barbie camper van kitchen. And then there was the wood paneling and the vinyl tiles. But somehow, in spite of its hideous bones, once I had it decorated, candles lit, and all my things inside, it was kind of charming. In a 70s Brady Bunch sort of way. And on a good party night, I could squeeze 15 or 20 people in there. I think I could say it was the Charlie Brown Christmas tree of apartments. The most interesting thing about the experience in Ithaca, and there were many, with a crazy variety of people that had converged together to go on this journey. It's as if a magic bus with 40 seats on it just started collecting a bunch of random strangers of varying ages, backgrounds, and places and dropped them off in Ithaca. If you've ever been to Ithaca, you might not be entirely surprised by this. The differences among us really leveled the playing field and permitted friendships that may not have ever existed out of that context. While some had previous career success, others were barely out of high school. Some were retired or re-entering the workforce after raising kids. Others had recently gotten sober or were using this opportunity to enhance a current profession. And one in particular had some kind of early morning jump roping fetish. I know this because my ceiling was her floor. Sure, there were a few regular people, but then there were standouts. There was Kat from Rochester, who'd been a midwife and recited the word midwifery far too often and was uncomfortably comfortable using the word vagina. There was Misty, a sweet motherly type who liked to sew and was very gentle, but underneath seemed angry and unhappy in her home life. There was the free-spirited Shana, who was always hugging people, hand-making things, doing party drugs, and seemed to have been born two decades too late. There was Marco, who was a flamboyant, fun-loving performer, always giggling and sharing vegan banh mi sandwiches. And who could forget Joey, the rock and roll guy with a Peter Pan attitude, an infectious laugh, and possibly more than a touch of OCD. And then, of course, there was Heather. I've got lots of stories about that brief period of my life, and many of them include her. I can't recall the first conversation we had, 
but I knew right away she was going to be my friend. She was the physical opposite of me. She had unapologetically short, blonde, frosted hair, a nose ring, very fair skin, green eyes, and I can't remember for sure, but I think she was wearing a patchwork skirt and a tank top. Her voice was cigarette rough and a little raspy, and she spoke with an assuredness that was unfamiliar to me and also beyond her years. As I got to know her, I realized that her exterior confidence didn't always match her interior doubts. She was hilariously funny, like super sarcastic and edgy, but also kind of naive, and I quickly began to see her as my sister. After all, she was nine years younger than I. Heather and I grew a strong bond. Occasionally, she would dip out for a couple of days and not show up to school. I never really understood it, but she wasn't the only one, so I just kind of let it go. After classes and on weekends, we often went out for drinks and to hear local bands play. Heather was never a big drinker. While on a good night out, I would have put away several Captain Morgan and ginger ales, Heather would sip on one white Russian and call it a night. On one especially fun night out, celebrating a friend's 40th birthday, we were all tipsy and dancy and sweaty. Typically, when I think of my friends, the last thing that might come to mind is what they look like when they're dancing. But when I think of Heather, it's the first thing I think of every time. That night, Van Morrison's bright side of the road came on at the bar, and Heather's smile broadened, and she began to dance a dance I've never seen anyone else do. She had this easy shoulders back, sway, elbows down near her sides, at her waist, and feet moving with a reggae vibe. And she just looked up toward the ceiling, feeling the music and grooving. On that night and many others, we shared a lot of laughter and stories. In the months following, we studied, we partied, we massaged, we cried, we blended essential oils and shopped at the co-op. And we changed. Then, one day, not long after winter had turned to spring, the magic bus came back for us, sped away, and we descended upon our new lives, scattered all about. Some of us went right to work. Some moved far away. I made some lasting friendships, but only a few with as strong a bond as I'd made with Heather. For the first couple years, we remained very close, talking and visiting often. And then, in 2004, I moved to Puerto Rico for a job. Heather did visit me there several times, mingling fluidly with my friends and enjoying them just as I did. Her last visit was hard, though. She had been struggling with sobriety. I tried, but I never really understood how this disease was affecting her, and it wasn't something she preferred to talk about. I would ask, but she would gloss over things. At one point, I remember her saying she didn't want to burden me with her pain, and I felt sad, because I wanted nothing more than to be able to take it away from her. By the time I moved to Pennsylvania a few years later, Heather had gone quiet, and I suspected she was going through a rough patch. I would hear from her only sporadically, and she didn't seem herself when I did. It wasn't until a few years later that I got a hopeful call from her. She sounded bright and airy, and also, she was sober. She told me that she'd taken her own path to get there and was spending her time reading, hiking, and drinking tea. Mm, and I think she might have also mentioned something about a growing interest in horticulture and sustainable farming. 
One of the most amazing things about my friend was her capacity for and vulnerability in trying new things. I'm not talking about ordering a macchiato instead of a latte or wearing a splash of color over your all-black uniform. I mean, Heather was always reinventing herself. One year, I distinctly recall her telling me she was taking breakdancing lessons. I almost laughed because I looked at the calendar and it wasn't 1983, but she was totally serious. She was doing it for exercise and she really liked rap music. Once while visiting Ithaca together, we went to a music shop and we both bought the djembe drums. I don't even know if that's the right way to say it. I loved playing mine, usually in a group of friends around a fire. I still do, but I never gained any real talent or skill in it. I just liked it. Heather, on the other hand, took drum lessons, and when we would attend Grassroots Festival, Heather would go into the drum circle and play in the group by the roaring fire until dawn while I slept. She liked hip-hop and the Grateful Dead and bluegrass and reggae. For about a year, she spent time perfecting skills in soap making, and she sent me about 20 labeled bars with different oils for specific skin types. She was a bartender, a massage therapist, eventually an LPN, a guitarist, an avid reader, and she was so smart and so beautiful. That kind of beauty that only comes from your soul. I wish I recorded her laughter so I could have it with me. My spirits are low. The last time I saw Heather was at her own wedding in 2014. It had been 10 years since I had seen her in person, and it was hard to believe. It was such a beautiful weekend. We spent several days together in and around Ithaca. She made the most delectable tiramisu that I have ever eaten, and I always hated that dessert before that day. I got to stand up and give a speech to toast her. While the marriage didn't turn out like she planned, I'm so grateful that momentous occasion gave me the opportunity to see her in such a healthy, glowing way. When the marriage dissolved less than a year later, Heather grieved the relationship, but did not squander the time for long. She was soon on a new adventure that took her to Europe, where she traveled through several countries working on farms and meeting new friends. I was so impressed by her perseverance and her strength. Unfortunately, the residual effects of losing the relationship, coupled with the lack of funds to sustain the traveling, sent Heather packing for home. Then, in the spring of 2018, Heather tragically lost her only brother, Josh. This truly devastated her, and I believe she had the wind knocked out of her sails. After that, she seemed to retreat away from connection with others, and when she did reach out, it would be a long email with meandering feelings. I would try to get her by phone, but regularly she said she just wasn't up for it. The last message I got from her was on my birthday in late January of 2019. In the weeks following, I texted her several times and didn't hear anything. My inner voice spoke to me loudly by early April that there was something different about this extended silence. And so that's when I found out the news. In May of that year, her family held a beautiful spring planting ceremony to celebrate the lives of Josh and Heather. I got to see clips via video and I sent along some garden markers with their names engraved so that her mom, Linda, and the rest of their loved ones could have a sacred place to go. I'm grateful to have established a relationship with her mom these last couple of years. 
When she and I spoke recently, I was comforted to find out that during that period right before she passed, things had been looking up for Heather. Her mom said she had applied for a new promising job as a produce manager and was spending more time with her nephew and grandma. She was starting to go out with friends again, too. Her mom and family have suffered an unimaginable loss. I think of them often. A few weeks ago, I received a package at my door. When I opened it, I ugly cried and snorted while also laughing as I slowly unwrapped each item, a collection of Heather's things. Two pairs of antique sunglasses, a beautiful tourmaline and diamond ring, a flask, some photos that she and I were in together, a timepiece, a handbag, a bracelet, a brooch, and a harmonica. That afternoon in Chicago, the day after I found out Heather had left, I sat with my baby boy against my chest and cried. I couldn't think of anything I could do to feel better, so I sat still for that while. When I felt ready, I put my headphones in, selected the song on my phone, and turned up the volume. I pitched my shoulders back, elbows at my side, and let the sun dry my tears while I walked home dancing. And into this life we're born Baby, sometimes, sometimes I don't know why Time seems to go by so fast In a twinkling of an eye Let's enjoy it while we can Won't you help me sing my song From the dark end of the street To the bright side of the road Love you, Heather. Thank you for listening to The Story Attic. If you're enjoying our show, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, hashtag The Story Attic. If you're not enjoying our show, don't tell us all. Catch you next time, and until then, remember to be kind, be real, lean in, and be fearless. Sometimes when I think back on every little thing I can say exactly where I've been To the brink and back again I've reached the end now to begin Through the glass the future's clear Beyond the doubts in spite of fears Pushing past all the tears Breathing in the days and years It's time to break through the roof And put the past behind To live the dreams are stored away In the attic of my mind The attic of my mind Memories washing over me Little pieces adrift, I'd say Some weathered and some shimmering Together bound, together free It's time to break through the roof And put the past behind 
Till the dreams are stowed away In the attic of my mind It's time to break through the roof And put the past behind Till the dreams are stowed away In the attic of my mind The attic of my mind The attic of my mind